are listening to A Case of the Chills. I am your curiosity guide, Layla, here to give you a dose of the obscure and ominous, a journey through the mythical and mysterious. Let's get acquainted with all things supernatural. The first case to be debuted for this thrilling season is The Exorcism of Annelise Michelle. If you haven't heard the story of Annelise Michelle, then it's time you did. The events that took place in Bavaria, Germany in the late 60s and early 70s was enough to inspire the horror film The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Of course, the film mostly covers the trial that took place after the exorcisms. It does have some pretty gruesome flashbacks. Annalise's slow crawl into her own hellish nightmare ended in months of exorcisms. Those that were involved had their influences to believe that she was possessed by the devil, but none was more convinced than Annalise herself. The fragile state of mind of this young girl will be further examined, but I think the biggest question we ask ourselves when looking at this particular case is if demon possession is possible at all. This story has created a great amount of controversy, but today we are going to take a closer look at Annalise's home life and all who were involved. Annalise grew up in a Catholic home with her mother and father, Anna and Joseph, along with her sisters. Her first episode in the tragic line of events happened during school when she was just 16, and it didn't happen again until a year later. She would black out and walk around in what her friends called a trance-like state. Following around midnight, she would wake up with this great weight holding her down, unable to breathe, yell for help, or even hold her bladder. Completely horrified, she changed her bedding, and in the morning she would consort with her mother what had happened. After the second attack, about a year later, her mother decided for her daughter to see the family doctor. This would indeed begin the series of visits to doctors and specialists for the rest of Annalise's life. Her episodes were diagnosed as seizures, but she was not treated for epilepsy until later when her condition worsened. Already, she had begun to be isolated due to her home life as her mother stressed that something truly was wrong with her daughter. But it wasn't about health, it was fear of judgment from society that even something as complicated as mental health would be humiliation, yet even further down the rabbit hole, you would have the world of superstition to muck things up. It is an old tradition, and belief is crucial. And what of coincidences? Epilepsy already has a history with superstition. And with the devil himself mixed in, how can it not entice those who already believe? This is not the first time epilepsy has been involved with possession, but evil spirits have been tied to it since the Mesopotamian era and ancient Egypt. It was described as we see today, with seizures and uncontrollability of the body, but because it was thought that the body was invaded by evil spirits, they would have to remedy the condition with spiritual treatment. Now, Annalise was raised in a Roman Catholic home, and it was a strict one. 
Her father was indeed caring, but he was a veteran in World War II, leaving his resolve quite emotionless, which was no doubt common from any survivors of that horrific time. Her mother lived through the war as well, and watched many to be sent off to die. To step out of line during the war would certainly mean death. Not only did she live through these horrendous events right in the heart of Germany, she was a devout Catholic, and most of the area was heavily religious. Did this life have an effect on Annalise? And what stresses in her own path and expectation to live a pure and strict religious life lead to the spiraling of her mind? It was at school when she first began to experience her seizures. The pressure to perform in academics with absolute perfection was very important to the family. Isolation surely added to this. After being admitted into a children's hospital and away from comfort, she began to hear and see things. During this time, she had another episode of her trance-like state with the following of an attack during sleep. And when it was quickly over, her scream rang throughout the night. The other patients began to whisper that she was possessed. Soon, she would see grimacing faces. Even though she did not have any more episodes, she was soon sent home. It was joyous to be where she was most comfortable, but her mirth did not last long. Moodiness morphed into fits of rage, and no doubt did the seizures return. Annalise was then sent again to see specialists, but this only enticed her anger. More and more, the idea that she was possessed by the devil leaked into her and her mother's minds. And even though the doctors had diagnosed her with epilepsy and schizophrenia, they began to resort to other means to cure her. The church was very adamant about not taking her case. They would need a bishop's permission, but suggested that she needed medical help. Yet all the tests and medication did not aid her health. By this time, her obsession with the devil was avid and growing. Her condition worsened to aggressiveness and self-injury. She ate insects and drank her own urine. Her claim was taken notice by Father Ernest Alt. He fully believed that she was possessed by the devil and was given the case when no one else would touch it. Now belief was on both ends. Father Alt was not only convinced of her condition, but he also claimed to be psychic and telepathic. He was eager to begin the exorcisms and urge consent from the bishop. By September 1975, he was granted permission to perform the Roman ritual, but that it must be done discreetly. Over 10 grueling months, Father Alt, accompanied by Father Renz, put Annalise through a total of 67 rituals, during which she became downright diabolical, ripping the clothes off her body, eating coal, biting the head off a dead bird, and barking like a dog for two days. She also claimed that she was six different entities, Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Hitler, Nero, and Fleischmann, who was a priest known to local legend. Through it all, she became malnourished and withered away only to die. Annalise weighed 68 pounds. 
those involved were tried and found guilty. The connection Annalise had with her religion was so deep and studious that it was the major key to her suffering. It was belief that led her mind. The rosary was a tool her mother used through control, and it became something evil to her in the end. Even those names that took part of her during the exorcism were deeply involved in her reading interests. Just as the study of a woman named Barbara Wingen convinced her that she was suffering for some saintly reason, there was also an idea to believe that she was paying for her mother's sins of having a child out of wedlock. Another trigger was a friend of her mother's, Tia Heinz, was a member of the church and suggested to Anna that her daughter might be possessed by the devil, for she noticed that she would not get close to the crucifix. This gave a name to the grimacing faces she saw. During her rosary prayer, she heard voices telling her that she was damned and that she would rot in hell. All medical diagnostics converted to demonic possession. There was a very heavy influence brought on by her mother who seemed to have all control over her and her sisters. This was even so before her episodes began. The extreme devoutness that took place in the home was more than strict, but overbearing and suffocating. The girls were not allowed to interact with the opposite sex or go to school events such as dances. Every last element of their lives were in complete control by Anna, right down to clothes, reading material, or personal opinions. Anna used the rosary and would say a prayer when her children tried to argue getting louder to drown out the disobedience. Her Catholic faith was a tool to control them and strip away freedom, self-expression, and curiosity. But let's take a minute and look at Father Alt. He was the final conviction, and it was his delusion that sent them into the last days of Annalise's life. It was her life in his hands, and he seemed to have something to gain by curing this girl of a demon. During that time, he recorded 43 audio tapes of the exorcisms, and those are by far the most appalling pieces of evidence. Father Alt fully believes that he is talking to the devil. As if it is the most heinous interview, he is grilling said devil it seems as though he is merely trying to pull out information and is on the discovery of something truly remarkable. Was this a chance for him to make history? Well, it certainly did end that way. The six demons that came out during the exorcism is another argument. Only one of those names could be considered a demon, which is Lucifer. The rest were just notorious humans throughout history, and according to possession, a human soul cannot possess another. These names were all closely related to Annalise's studies, as it was her intent on becoming a teacher. It was easily possible that she did research all these names, but why did they come out during the exorcisms? Did she believe that Lucifer acted through these beings throughout history and now was targeting her? Or was there a part of her that thought she was as evil as they had been and was speaking through the other entities? Throughout the tapes, they seemed to be arguing with one another. 
It seemed as if in her final years she would lash out at her Catholic faith. It was her mother's tool to control her after all. Even during the exorcism, she despised that holy symbol that was the rosary in Father's hands, as if it had power over her as she spoke with the devil's mouth. Did her mother's rosary prayer haunt her into insanity? Annalise makes for a very convincing case in the tapes. Those that were in her presence during that time were already deep believers of faith. We are talking about in the moment, behind those closed doors and the priest chanting that ancient rite and this young girl speaking like the devil himself. Just the simple belief in the devil, perhaps Annalise was possessed by the thought of being possessed. Annalise Michelle's story is a tragic one. It will always pose the question of belief. And whether you do or don't, there's someone out there that does. And there are still priests that practice exorcisms. Perhaps if modern medicine was available to Annalise, she could have been better treated. We can also think about the stigma of mental health and the stress it adds. The Michelles could cope easier knowing that Annalise was possessed rather than diagnosed with epilepsy and schizophrenia. Still, it seems the scientific world and spiritual world seem to be battling for higher ground and are linked by too many coincidences. How can we explain the unexplainable? Is there science to the supernatural? If someone really were possessed, would it affect the body in the same way as epilepsy? Perhaps in the future we can look at another exorcism case and compare it to Annalise's. But here I will leave you with a little clip from the actual audio tapes of the exorcism. And you can decide for yourself if something truly unexplained happened here, or do you think it was just a case of the chills? If you want to hear some more fascinating podcasts, check out Raving Lunatic Media and take a listen to Cold Case Chase, Case Closed, and Sci-Fi Malady. And if you're looking for some cosmic excitement, keep a lookout for the brand new show, Zodiac Task Force. This is your curiosity guide, Layla. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please join me next time for a sighting of Mothman. <laughs>